This is Banging on the Drum. It is another beautiful day in West Central Wisconsin, and this is season two. Did I put the episode number? The episode 16. 16 or 17? 16. We're doing so good i'm losing track so episode 16 of season two thank you all for joining us yet again we appreciate that support i am your host p-dog <laughs> along with my co-host over in west central wisconsin m dog how you doing m dog doing well you're getting better and better at barking. I'm, I'm impressed. I've been practicing in my free time. <laughs> you just driving your car, just barking down the road. Yeah, I know I got to get better. So it's just, it's just a matter of practice. I think that's the important piece. So yeah, I got to start going. working on mine to keep up with that. But speaking of dogs barking, I'm going to apologize before this show even starts so my wife is out howling at the moon tonight with her work friends so good for her yeah no awesome but when she gets home my dogs are going to bark and they're both in the room that we're in so there's going to be some real real dog barking uh if if we weren't enough for you you're going to hear how it's real done from the real experts probably in the next 30 minutes or so Anyways, how you doing, Mike? Uh, doing really well. How about you? Doing great. You ready to just roll right into hot in the streets? Yeah, so I think so. Um, brought to you by Beretta. Pew, 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 pew. Oh, yeah. If you're scared, go to church or buy a Beretta. Our newest sponsor, Beretta, here is... Uh, is protecting people since uh, 1789. Did you realize they were a company in 1789, Mike? No, no. But, uh, I mean, that's probably right around the time all firearms are started, right? So, like, or, like, high-end firearms. And I guess you could go back further than that for, like, your one-off shots, right? I completely made that up. I thought the year sounded outlandish. In my Wait, did head. you say seventeen eighty nine? Yeah. Oh, I thought you said uh, eighteen eighty nine, which I think is probably right around the time that you had more than you had like multiple shots, uh, like the um, Winchester or like your six shooters probably came out in the late eighteen hundreds. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think. I, sometimes you do hear about. So Beretta was first founded in 1526. Yeah, so it's just a so it's just like a a muzzle loader type gun. Uh, sure. Yeah, I was gonna say some like my numbers sounded wrong to me, but like you hear about some of those gun companies, and you're like, there was guns back when that shit was made. Right, you just thought they were out sword fighting. Fifteen twenty six. So, what was going on in fifteen twenty six? So that was like the uh, so Reformation. That was like, that was like hundred like, years after Columbus. Or no, thirty years. Fifteen twenty six. You said fifteen twenty six. 
1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. And they had guns. No guns. Okay. Or no, no, maybe they had guns. They just didn't have Beretta. Mm. Didn't have good guns then. Um, now, now I want to go down this rabbit hole. So 1500. Never mind. I'm not going to go down it. I want to say it's like the religious reformations. We got the 99 thesis. But yeah, I didn't realize like yeah, guns were going on at that time. All right. Anyways, Hot and Street brought to you by Beretta. What yeah, do you got, Mike? Um, so I got uh, kind of a boatload of uh, NFL trades that happened on Tuesday, right? So the day after we recorded our last one. So I'm just going to go through the ones that I think that were big through the entire deadline. Hawkinson to the Vikings, I think is kind of huge. Makes the Vikings a better team. Uh, Bradley Chubb, not Nick Chubb, Bradley Chubb and Jeff Wilson go to the Dolphins in two separate trades. So Jeff Wilson goes from the Niners to the Dolphins and Bradley Chubb goes from the Broncos to the Dolphins. Um, they definitely get better defensively. I don't know if they get better offensively or not. I don't know if like that's a great move for them. They did have to replace Chase Edmonds, who uh, was in the Bradley Chubb trade, though. So kind of makes sense. Um, Chase Claypool goes to the Bears. Roquan, Roquan Smith goes from the Bears to the Ravens. Uh, Calvin Ridley, who is suspended for the year, goes to the Jags. Naheem Hines goes to uh, goes to the Bills, and Zach Moss goes to the Colts. And Kadarius Toney, um, uh, wide receiver for the New York Giants, who was a first-round pick maybe last year, yeah. uh, ends up ends up with the Chiefs. Is any anybody like huge ones that I missed? No, I mean I thought you got them all from. From my recollection, I mean, those are all the ones that I've heard. Um, yeah, there was a I, few guys that were like players I didn't recognize their names that got traded to. Yeah, I, I don't know what uh, the 49ers got back from the Jeff Wilson trade, but I think that one just makes a lot of sense because you're going to have Debo and you're going to have um, Christian McCaffrey. So ship off some, get, and I think the Dolphins get a good deal because they get Raheem Moser and Jeff Wilson Jr., who's been having a pretty good season when he's needed yep. to have a good game. So I, I don't know. I, I think that move is all right. But what do you think the the biggest move is, or what do you think the most deadly move, I guess, is? for? So I think it's Bradley Chubb is the probably the, the best player you could have got that actually moved. Maybe Roquan Smith. So Roquan Smith could be that guy, right? He's leading the NFL in tackles or something like that. So um, one of those two, but I'm a defensive apologist. So, and I think no. that if you can rush the passer, that that's a huge deal. And that's what Bradley Chubb does. I would have loved if the Packers would have went out and got him. I don't think they could have restructured the way Miami did. They gave him like a hundred and ten million or something. Yeah, I honestly that wasn't even on like my mind at all, but. If the Packers did go out and get anybody, it would have probably been a chub. Just, just the way it goes. Not that I would be complaining about it, but we'd be everybody in Wisconsin would be like, oh, we might need a receiver. We might need a receiver. 
And then they would be like, no, but we'll get the best defensive end or the best linebacker that we can get, which I don't don't think you can play when you get that. But I think that's a good call on your part is it's just defenses that needed to get a little bit more shirt up, got a little bit more shirt up. And like we were talking in the last or it wasn't the last podcast, but when we were talking about trades and like the easiest people to fit in from a trade. I think, I guess, cause we were talking about Christian McCaffrey who blew my mind. You kind of called it. You were like, he's a smart dude. He'll figure it out. And I was kind of like, I don't know, man, learning an offense at a running back position. Like, I, I don't think it's as hard as learning for a quarterback, but I thought it was going to take a little bit more time, but. So but whatever. Think, yeah. So with the, with the running back stuff, I think that you can probably figure it out relatively quickly because it's just like gaps, right? So you just figure out the gap assignments where you're supposed to go. Now with that offense that they run with all the motions and all that shit, that's where it's going to get tough. Yeah. But I mean, if you got a competent guy, like Mm -hmm. uh, Christian McCaffrey seems to be, but I I feel like Chubb and uh, Smith are going to get, or Roquan Smith are going to get on the field and be playmakers immediately. Cause I, I guess I'm not too much into the X's and O's. The X's and O's that I know of are from Madden and uh, NCAA football. But it's not like too many assignments. I think the biggest thing is just going to be finding chemistry with the guys that you're playing with. And I think they'll find it very fast if they – because, I mean, they're both studs. Like, it's not like you're just moving someone to move somebody. Like – they're going to come yeah. in and they're going to be one of the best, if not the best defensive players on the team. Yeah. And Roquan Smith, they moved a linebacker. So even if they thought they had a starting linebacker like there, that what he would be competing with, they moved one guy. So they opened that roster spot like in that way too. They moved him back to the bears. So. All right. So you're and saying, a defensive guy. Okay. What's yeah? What you got I, I think I think Chubb is probably the like best player that got moved. Maybe it's Rokon Smith, right? Um, I guess Christian McCaffrey could be on that list too. But Chubb is the most productive, from what I can tell. But I'll move on to a little less contacted sport. Um, Kyrie Irving is giving five hundred thousand dollars to anti hate organizations. Um. And then, and so on top of that, he did get like a five game suspension in there because he, I don't know if he refused to apologize or like. I think it was just a half ass <laughs> apologize. Like he basically yeah. put some anti Semitism out. I was hearing other people talk about this today. I think it's kind of funny that we touched it with uh, Kanye West last week. Yeah. And then like it's coming out again. Ah, God, I'm so bad at that stuff. Yeah, we won't touch religion too much anyways. But Semitism is some – nope, I'm not even going to go into it. Not not even going to go into it. Not because I have anything, like, good or bad to say about it, but I just don't want you guys to all know how dumb I am, which is very dumb. And so I, I told you how it is, but it's breaking my brain. One of my dumbest religious thinkings of all time – is I always thought Jesuits were Jewish. And I grew up 
Catholic? I would have probably assumed the same thing. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and it's the Catholic Jesuits or, and, it, and I didn't yeah. find out till I was like 28 and I was going to, is when I was going to UW Milwaukee and my teacher was like, uh, we got that, the Jesuits like across the street or something like that. And I was like, what is he talking about? There's a Jewish school in Milwaukee. And he was like, no, Marquette's the Catholic school in town. I was like, yeah, what does that have to do with Jesuits? But whatever. <laughs> Jesuits yeah. are Catholic, apparently. Um, and then, all right. So the commanders could be sold. So, Pat, are you in? Are you, you willing to buy the commies? I think that, no, well, obviously, yeah. Eh, I, I would love to. I think that would be the one way I could change my fan orientation if i had the oh, if i had the money to buy a team yeah so i could i could see that that like and then maybe you actually do run into having like two kind of teams right because i don't think <sighs> i would start hating the packers just because i bought a team that's I true. Hate them. like i might not like them anymore but i won't think i would hate them but i don't It'd think be it would be for me to hate players on that team i think i don't think it would be like 1a 1b though like i think it would be like 1a and then maybe you have a c and they would be your c but if i could buy the the commies yeah i think i i think i would do it yeah so he just looked into like what it takes to sell them i guess so who knows what's going on there um, I did I think, hear something I think it's further than that, but I guess I'm kind of talking out of my ass and off just some of the stuff I've heard uh from other podcasts. But I, I'm pretty sure he's gonna be selling them in the okay. near future. Um, so I heard a take on McAfee that said there's a possibility that he's just selling a minority stake of his franchise, just to put like Two three billion dollars in his pocket, which seems like a Dan Snyder move when they were talking about. It. I was like, oh yeah, I could see like just sell, you know, thirty five percent. You're still the majority owner. They can't do anything really with the team, and you still get to hang around or whatever. So, yeah, he's pissed so many people off. Like, I don't even get how it's possible if you're owning a sports team. Yeah, never mind. I I take that back completely. You're gonna piss a lot of people off if you own a sports team. Like regardless, um, yeah. I guess even if you're just not making the right moves, right? And then people are like, "Ah, oh, they're fucking terrible." Yeah, but he really has like turned the Washington football team, the Washington Redskins, like into a team like you think. Like, oh, when you see a. a commander's team like it's not the crazy fans in the stands like but i feel like before he owned the team that like the washington fan base was pretty savage like they were like some of the people that you would which is Uh, just weird to see a franchise go from that like i think i think you see franchises that build a fan base and then in my experience, like I feel like Seattle was kind of weak uh, yep, when I, I first agree. started watching, 
And then they became uh, yeah. like a savage fan base. Arrowhead, they've always been good. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how many have regressed. I guess unless like a team moves, like the the Rams. The like, Rams. That, that's the stupidest move of all time is you have a great sports city in st louis even though i hate them but taking a team away from it whatever that's going down a rabbit hole i don't get why you would move the rams to la but that's that's dead and gone so yeah i don't really get it either and then you had just recently moved teams out of la you know what i mean so i I mean it's a weird thing all right what do you got for hot in the streets, Pat? All right. So Steve Nash is fired. And then my dumbass can't even remember the Boston coach's name. Um, yeah, I was me just neither. Thinking, <laughs> we're so bad at that shit. Even when yeah. we were saying uh, his name before, but I am going to find it before we move on. You keep um, you keep rolling. I'll find it quick. Ume Aduko. Or Ime Aduko. Yeah. I want to okay. say. Uh, I didn't even look it up, so it came to me. I definitely had it in my head before this. But anyways, it sounds like he's going to take over for uh, Brooklyn, which is just like kind of a curious situation. But I guess uh, he needed to get his ass out of um, Yeah, so I'm a little confused about that, too, because I thought he was just suspended from Boston and not fired from Boston. I I thought he had the Sean Payton treatment. Like, you're suspended for a year. We're going to bring you back. We think you're good. Dude, he had to have nailed somebody that, like, he, like a made man in the, uh, in the franchise, like whether it be a player or not. And like the guy who was letting him get out, he was probably like, like, I could see if you were like a guy on the understanding side of, uh, Ime Aduko. Uh, where you're kind of like, hey, dude, go look for jobs. Like, because we're not going to have you here. Like, you you were a great coach for us, but that's just a line too far that you crossed. And let's just do everybody a favor and get you out of here. So, like, that, I wonder if, like, the dust is ever going to settle on that and, like, we're going to be able to find out what happened. But, I, I mean, I think it's – it. It seems like a good move for yeah. all parties I mean, he's a good, involved. Appears like he's a good coach, right? Mm-hmm. But even with that, though, uh, like you were saying with uh, Kyrie Irving being suspended for five games and stuff, I mean, he's going to a dumpster fire, so we're going to see how good he is and we're going to see – how fast it happens, but I guess I need to figure out more details and I think we'll have more details uh, before the next episode. So maybe we'll need to bookmark that to figure yeah. out what's going on. If he's actually just going to go right there and coach. Cause I'm also confused if he's suspended, but I guess it would just be that he was suspended from Boston, but if he goes right, to a different team, felt. it's not like the league is suspending him. So maybe he can coach already this year. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Who knows? But, but whatever. So Steve Nash is gone. Uh, and then this one I thought was kind of interesting. So Mike Budenholzer's car got stolen, which that's like literal hot in the streets, like yeah, Milwaukee. So 
this was the stat that I found amazing. How many, so the number's not right on the sheet, Mike, but how many cars do you think got stole, stolen in Milwaukee in the year of 2021? So the yeah, number's wrong would, on the sheet. That would stun me if that's the number, right? Like <laughs> it really would. So if it's more than that, I will be just appalled. Well, I'm going to say 4,100. 10,480 cars. The whole town of Sparta got their car stolen in Milwaukee uh, <laughs> throughout, in a so year. Many. So that's that, like, that is like so many cars, right? It's, it's ridiculous like, to me. It's such a ballsy move too, though. Like, how do you, how do you get away with stealing a car? So I'll tell my like little naive story that I had in Milwaukee. So I was living with uh, our Bucks correspondent, uh, K-Dog at the time, or K-9 Kyle. That's going to be his. That's going to be his. But I was living with him and his wife at the time. And I would let my dog. Yeah, my dog was with me, too. So I would let my dog out in the morning and I would go start my car and then I would drink a cup of coffee. And I was aware that I was in Milwaukee. I wasn't in Sparta anymore. Uh, but I would drink the coffee while I stared at my car. And I don't know what the point was because like, if someone like went in to steal my car, uh, I don't know what I would do. Just like run after them. But. Well, you could call, Hey, this guy just called my car stole my car. Yeah. I you guess know, he's so. on this road right now, you know? Yeah, the response time. I, who knows? But anyways, I went to let my dog in, which was at the, like the back door, and I came back, and I was looking at my car, and I was like, I don't see like the exhaust coming out of it anymore. But I was like, whatever, I'm not gonna like think too much about that. Finish my coffee, like walk out to my car, and someone had taken my keys out of the ignition. So I drive a stick, and I assume they like were gonna steal my car, but they just couldn't figure out how to drive the stick. <laughs> So they just ended up stealing my keys and shit. And I had to like relock the car. But the people who grew up in Milwaukee that we were hanging out with at the time were like, yeah, that's like the most naive. Like they, they were like, oh, like in the South, when they say, bless your heart, like they were like, oh, Pat, yep. he's so cute. Thinking he can just start his car in, in Milwaukee and get away with this. But, but yeah. It, apparently though because i was like what the f like who has the nuts to do that and like what do they think they're gonna get out of it because like people are gonna find it but apparently they can just take them real quick to like chop shops so i i think it's a smooth operation i don't know if it's just in milwaukee how it's a smooth operation i should look up like how many nah, it's got to be everywhere right yeah Even but apparently like, yeah like it could happen pretty easily i think here but it just i don't know doesn't yeah, no, people are just so. like kind. But I also don't think that uh like in Wilton, like if you stole someone's car, you could like probably get away with it and like go a decent distance away. But I don't yep. think you would have like an operation where they would like put your car on blocks, like steal your tires, and then leave your car. Cause I think that's kind of what they said. It's like, yeah, you'd probably get your car back, but it probably wouldn't have any tires on it. And it would be like on blocks or like somewhere in the city and they basically got what they wanted 
out of the yeah. transaction. Like your catalytic converter, which is full of like rare metals, right? And shit like that. Um, but I did do some do some math and it's rough math because I didn't get like the 10,427. I don't know. Is that what you said? Yeah. I'm having a hard time listening to the exact number. So I only did 10,400, but that's 28 cars a night get stolen in Milwaukee. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a boatload of cars. Okay. I'm doing, I'm going to, who's the, who's the, we're going down down in 60 seconds. Nick Cage. Memphis, Memphis Reigns must be living in Milwaukee these days. Okay. So I'm looking up something for New York. So New York City car thieves have shifted into high gear with auto theft soaring 61% so far this year. According to the latest uh, disturbing statistics, there has been 4,467 car thefts so far in 2022 as compared to 2,769 in the same time period in 2021. So Milwaukee dwarfs how many cars get stolen. There must be something going on in Milwaukee where the cars are easier to steal or some shit. You have to remember that New York doesn't have nearly as many cars, probably. That's not true, though. Per person. Per person, yeah. But New York traffic, Milwaukee traffic, there's way more cars in Milwaukee. There's just way more people in, in New York. That's what like that's what makes the stats even crazier. Is like like that city was probably built for like horses. Do you think Milwaukee was built for horses? No, Milwaukee's got like good infrastructure or infrastructure. I think there's some like civil engineering, like I don't know. We we'll have to invite one of our civil engineer friends on. Uh, but I'm pretty sure Milwaukee's like a city that's known for having amazing civil engineering. But that's crazy. Uh, I'll have to like do some. Now I'm intrigued by the the car stealing scene in in Milwaukee. Four thousand to ten thousand in Milwaukee has to be. This is what I, I'm not going to do this for all you guys, but you know, New York has millions, millions, and millions yeah. of people. In Milwaukee, has like three hundred thousand, four hundred, five hundred thousand. Whatever. Right. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. I mean, there's probably like 20 million people in New York alone, maybe 15, right? And there's only five or six million in all of Wisconsin. Yeah. No. They, I'm I'm gonna dig into it a little bit. I might not be airing it on the podcast, but anyways, you're gonna I'm, solve the Milwaukee uh, car theft problem. I'm very excited for you, Pat. No, I'm not gonna solve it. I'm just like gonna be fascinated by it but anyways last hot in the street brought to you by beretta college basketball for us us wisconsin fans starts monday as they play south dakota not south dakota state not to be uh confused so playing with the jackrabbits no they're not playing jackrabbits it's just south, south dakota, dakota. State. south dakota state is Oh, no, that is the Jackrabbits. I'm thinking North Dakota State. Yeah, yeah. I South, there's South Dakota, and then there's, yeah, South Dakota State. So we're not playing my boy that I was pumping up 
all last year. Oh yeah. South South Dakota State is going to be very 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 good this year. Is he so, playing again this year? Yeah, yeah. Um All right. Yeah. Take him take him to win the tournament. Should be a lock. That's what I'm saying. Put some money down on South Dakota State right now and you're going to be walking away with a new house. Until Wisconsin beats them in the finals. All right. Let's move on. Anyways, we are going to spicy Meatballs brought to you by Italy. That's a spicy meatball. Go to Italy, get your spicy meatballs. I was trying to look for an ingredient that you put in spicy meatballs, but they were making me dig too far. So anyways, oh, I should have done a jalapeno pepper brand. Okay, whatever. I got maybe it next, for next time. Maybe next episode will be sponsored by a jalapeno pepper. Yeah, I'll, I'll reach out. I'll make a call. Yeah, yeah. All right, lead us off again, Mike. Yep, so I know everybody's disappointed in the trade deadline for the Green Bay Packers that happened on the second, I believe, right? That Wednesday? No, first. Yeah, I think the first. On Tuesday. The first. Um, so I got a, I got a solution. We're going to go out and sign Odell, Modell, Holiday Inn. Um, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. for everybody who doesn't like can't I'm pretty sure everyone it. got it, Mike. Well, only maybe. Only maybe. <laughs> I feel like it's I'm not funny when it, does that. It, it's not funny when you have to explain it, Mike. That's true. And, and when you and, and when you don't explain that one, it's not that funny either. Nope. Nope. <laughs> it's not. I think I'm the only person who uses that. Um anyway. So go sign OBJ. And here's probably the spicier part of the little equation. Go sign Antonio Brown, too. You're going to have two probably walk in as top 10 wide receivers in the league. And we'll be set to go. Good to go. Good to roll. I like it. So, I mean, obviously, it's going to be, like, hot. But honestly, so I don't think we're going to get Odell Beckham Jr. I think – he is going to want to play somewhere that's comfortable. Green Bay is not going to be the most comfortable place to play. And I think he's going to want to go be ring chasing, which if he was smart, he would go to Green Bay because I think that's his best chance to win a ring this year. And we're winning the Super Bowl. So, yep. Yep. That's exactly. But the thing that I, I would take Antonio Brown, I really would. I, would just say, hey, guys, we're going to, like, team, sit down, high risk, high reward. I think we can even make this low risk, high reward. Um, we're going to bring in a head case uh, and just a very talented guy that might be able to help shake a couple of you guys open here and there. And yeah. if he throws a shit fit, we'll just cut him. Like, cause I mean, Antonio Brown said pretty clearly like that. He's never going to play in the NFL again. Like he doesn't care that he's not playing in the NFL. Um, but so I, obviously I don't think this is going to happen, but if there was an opportunity to get him for like cheap, I don't know what kind of contract like you could get him for. I wouldn't mind that risk. It's like uh, Mike Collin 
Andre Bad Moon Rising come yeah. with the Packers. People people didn't think that was going to be a good move. I don't remember that that clearly. I think I more remember it from Mike's story, but yeah, I, I just remember because like my I think it was my fifth grade teacher, right? I don't know if I was in fifth grade, but he was talking to me about it. And I was like, yeah, go get them. What's the harm? And then he's like, they'll never do it. They don't do any of that stuff. And then they did. And it did change the team to some extent. Yeah. I mean, they won a Super Bowl. All right. So I'll give you, I'll give you four jalapenos just because I think it's, I think you take Odell Beckham if you get them, but you're not going to get them. And I think the Antonio Brown one is somewhat spicy. I think we're going to crank this skit. So from here on out, Mike, we're doing a 10 jalapeno scale. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you seven jalapenos, which is, I think think the the Antonio Brown one is, um, I think that even if he fails and the whole team falls apart, are we any worse than we are right at this moment? Right? Do we get any worse than like a three and five team? And I don't know that we do. Yeah, I just think like some of the baggage that he could bring along could make it worse. Um, Maybe it could. But I guess though, like with the Buccaneers, sure, he walked out the field, but the Bucs last year, it's not like. Once yeah, they, they got rid of them, yeah, they weren't falling apart. So, yeah, no, yeah, that's a good point. All right, so I'm going to give you – what did I say, seven? Seven, yep. Yeah, we'll give you seven. Good number. I'll take them. All right, and this is just because I wanted to talk about my haunted house idea that we're going to do – we might not even do it in October anytime near, but I went to a haunted house this year. It, it was all right. Like I wasn't really scared. Like it seemed like there was like three people working there um, that just had to like keep running into other rooms. But it's funny. Cause like the people working there are like very, very proud. Like, did, do you know what a worker at a haunted house is called? A scare. A like haunter. A, a haunter. So, okay. So yeah. And the lady that was outside, like taming the line, she was cool. She was cool, dressed up, haunting like a haunter, and and she was like, "Yeah, I'm the only haunter." And so she was like cutting the shit with us. She wasn't like being scary. She was like, "I'm the only haunter, and my husband that's in there that can haunt with like spark tactics." And to her defense, when I got to the guy that like threw sparks. It was cool. Like he was just sliding on the ground and like, I don't know what he had on his hands or something. It didn't look like it'd be that hard like, to figure out how to do it. You just scrape. What, what's the kind of stone that you It'd be like with? Flint, flint, flint and steel. Yeah. And scare people with flint and steel. But anyways, my spicy meatball is that haunted houses would be better if it was situations in life that actually leave you haunted. So like if you had to pick something that haunted you, this is going back to our very first episode. Mike. What, what is something you think about that kind of like haunts you 
not like a ghost, but like so like something that like you, lives like in you your think mind. About, you think about that happened like I don't know, like 15 years ago, and you're like, why would I've ever like said that in that situation, right? <laughs> yeah, I, like, I like yeah. Um I so I don't know like it's hard for me to like because they cross my mind all like I shouldn't say all the time, but enough that I'm like, and then I'm like embarrassed for myself again, like all over again. But it's usually just something like dumb that I said. Yeah. You know, like I'm just standing around and like, or not standing around, but something's going on. And then I say something like completely stupid. And then I'm like, like, and I'll still think about that today. Like, like <laughs> how could you have been that fucking dumb? And it was 15 years ago. And it could have been like the most like dumb thing in the whole world. That's probably the one that like gets me. And there's, there's bunches of them. Yeah. Um, I think most people have that shit though, like the anxiety of like shit that they've said before. And I think that's like a good answer to like awkward moments. So I guess mine is more of like awkward. It would be more of like awkwarding people out would be the haunted house. Like you, you would go bowling and you would throw a strike and you'd be with people like you kind of knew, but you didn't knew that well. And like you had to walk back from throwing a strike. You know how you never know what to do after you throw a strike? <laughs> like you're just like, you're just walking back, or you got to walk across, like you got to walk in front of a group of like 14 year olds and they're all talking. And then when you walk by, they get like really quiet. Um, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of all the good moments, but I got to put it together. I gotta have better examples. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I, would, I guess it's I not really. That if you wanted to know some of these situations, you could watch the first, like probably at least the first season of The Office. And Michael is in them consistently. Like you're like embarrassed for him. That's all true. All the time in the in season one of The Office. Oh yeah. It took me a while to get into the office because of that shit. Like it was just like too much secondhand embarrassment for me. There was a lot in that show for sure. But all right, we will move on for there. I don't even want jalapenos. That was just an idea I'd like to bring up. So the awkward haunted house, I'm going to, I'm going to say that I'm going to actually say that it's, pretty spicy so i'm gonna give you eight jalapenos because i think that i think that it is good like i think it's a good idea but i wouldn't ever like actively search for a haunted house in my life today in most of my entire life i am terrified of haunted houses right so i've been a haunter in the past i've done that but like i don't need to be scared Right. I forgot. I think the people that that like being scared love the way haunted houses are sent up set up. Yeah. And I like being scared of more of like a creepy like story or something creepy. I don't like like chainsaw massacring shit like that. Like I like a ghost in a window that like watches you as you walk by and you get chills. Like, I don't like being chased by a guy in a chainsaw. 
in a haunted house. And like, just like my realistic brain is just like, he can't do shit to me. So like, why, why is it scaring me? Like the most I get out of a haunted house is like when they like kind of jump out and surprise you. So my thing that I do in haunted houses is just like, they put a bunch of like dummies up and I try to see who I think is real. Cause that's the only thing that scares me is like, like when I think it's like a fake thing sitting there and then it runs at me and then it catches me off guard and scares me. All right. Yep. I get that. But I'm like, as a young person, I, as a kid, I was scared of fucking everything, everything in haunted houses. Haunted houses terrified me. But Uh, I might, I might have to bring Tim Jerome on here one time because he is a huge fan of haunted houses. He's a haunter for sure. My dad's one of those nerds for sure. And he has some scary stories. Like, and I mean, I was a part of them. I was pretty young. I would like to mention the Bucks right now because Mike just typed, <laughs> typed it on the sheet. And it threw me off. But anyway, this, uh, my my uh, dad your dad's a haunter, to, right? Yes, he's a haunter, and he has like scary stories, and he's found a dead body. It, it would be a good. It would be a good show. We might need to do a special with my dad one time. I just thought of that on the fly. But Mike says we should mention the Bucks, and I'm going to have to look it up right now. I mean, so, they're uh, still undefeated. They're seven and zero, and they set a franchise record uh, to open the season. So seven straight wins to open the season is a franchise record. I just wanted to get into that quick. Uh, Giannis is playing like a man possessed since we're talking uh, hauntings. So. He's haunting the NBA right now. Yep. Uh, They're dominating. I wanted to make sure that we we covered them real quick. Well, we're paying our Bucks correspondent pretty good, so maybe we can get him on here again. Maybe after the ten game mark, we'll we'll see we'll see what Canine Kyle has to say about about the Bucks. Yeah, sounds good. All right, so we are going to move into so Mike Mike made us a new name boning up on the Badger game brought to you by Badger Sweet Beer by Hillsborough Brewing Company Badger your, Sweat Badger Sweat I'm dyslexic Mike you can't put the Hey I'm I'm, just, <laughs> I'm sorry I knew like I looked at it for a long time and I was like that's I think that's sweet but actually it's not right so sweet is S-W-E-E-T? Yeah. yeah it's okay. sweat. It's sweat. You typed it right. I read it okay. wrong. Brought to you by Badger Sweat. Go get some Badger Sweat by Hillsboro Brewing Company. Is that like the Hillsboro that's by us? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I might have uh, to actually so, try a Badger so Sweat. So Badger Sweat, not great. But they do, like, I think their Leaping Lemur is pretty good. I think that's the one that was good. Badger Sweat, I, I did not was not a huge fan of, so. I don't think yours and my beer uh, uh, opinion would match up. But well, and I don't know that like I have a good beer like palate either. Yeah, right. you're a big Mike's hard guy, and yeah, I like sweet sweet drinks. I can't do that. All right, let's let's roll into this boning up with boning up on the Badger game. 
Uh, so six and two Maryland comes to Madison to play the four and four Badger or four and four Badgers. Maryland is having the best season since joining the Big Ten in 2014 and is hoping to keep that going. They are three and two in conference. And I think I read somewhere that they've never won four conference games. So they're looking to make it a thing. Uh, I could be wrong about that. But let's dig into the numbers here real quick. So we're going to start with Maryland. So their scoring offense is 34th in the country, averaging 34 points per game. Total offense, they're 28th in the country with 455 yards per game. Passing offense is kind of how they they operate. So their passing offense is 27th in the country with 284 yards per game. Quarterback Tua, no, Talu, Talua. Now I can't even say Tua Takpaloa. Man, this show like makes you mess up your names. I guess I always just say Tua. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, you, yeah, I think that's you're pretty close there, but uh, I don't know what his first name is. It's like almost like the opposite of Tua's, right? Talia. Taluya, I would say. Tau, but anyway, Tau. Tau. Tau Tafaloa. Uh, but anyways, he's completing 72.5% of his passes. He has 2,001 yards on the season, 13 touchdowns, five interceptions, and a rating of 157.6. Um, yeah, I don't think they're related either. I think they are. I don't think so. No chance. I mean, that name, I mean, pretty common. Okay, so you're fucking with me. So sometimes Mike, I'm a pretty sarcastic person, but sometimes Mike gets me because I don't think he's very sarcastic. And when he is sarcastic. Only sometimes. (laughs) You got to play the cards when you got them. Yeah. But it is weird, though, that he ends up at Maryland. Like, so when his older brother went to Alabama and then he ends up at Maryland, it's kind of like Steph Curry and not Del Curry, but it's the opposite though. Yeah. That's what I'm saying though. Is usually though, if you have a brother, like go light it up at a, like a small school, then the younger brother is going to get an opportunity to play at the better school. Like whereas yeah. Steph at Davidson, I can't even think of the other Curry brother's name Seth. at Duke set at Duke. But, but anyways, uh, Pretty decent quarterback. Uh, he's no Tua at this point. Um, for wide receivers and tight end, no one that overly stands out, but it does look like they work the ball uh, around pretty good. So they have uh, wide receiver Jarrett, wide receiver Copeland, and a Jones. And they all have between 299 yards and 375 yards with two or three touchdowns. So it's just weird. Like there's like no standout receiver where we have, we have bell um, and our other guy, Mike, I'm making us sound like dumbasses now. Uh, Shimmery DK, DK uh, who are kind of leaps and bounds behind above the other guys. Like these guys are all like, if you average out their receivers, like everyone has 300 yards and two touchdowns. So they work the ball a well, around pretty well in there uh rushing offense is is on par they're 52nd 
52nd in the country with 171 yards per game. Uh, Roman Hemby is pretty good, 681 yards this season, seven touchdowns, six point. Mm-hmm. Five yards per carry, and Antoine Littleton, the second, is all right as well. 309 yards, six touchdowns, and 6.2 yards per carry. But it's definitely the passing of their offense uh, that is their strength. Um, I think I read something else, too, is they're on a 10-game streak where they've scored over 27 points per game. I want to say only three other schools are on a current streak like that. But as for their defense, uh, scoring defense is 53rd in the country with 24 points. Total defense, 21st, passing 103rd, rushing 31st. And guys to watch out for, uh, Bo Braid uh, leads his team in tackles. He's a defensive back, leads his team in tackles, two interceptions, two forced fumbles. So that guy's kind of a stud. Uh, it seems to be all over the field when they play. And just hearing that, knowing that most of our fans watch Badgers games and that we're kind of shifting into a new era. So, Mike, so we we are on to Jim Leonard. And Mike kind of called it right off the bat that we were going to start passing the ball a little bit more. So with Chris at the helm, and if we were just going to run the ball, I think this game would be like a little bit more dangerous. Uh, Anyways, the Badgers are five-point favorites. I want to say the over-under is 49 points. But, I mean, Maryland's a solid team this year. So I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, but we're going to have to throw the ball and, you know, we've kind of been doing that fairly well since, since Jim Leonard took over and Mike made his prediction. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to continue to throw the ball. I think our rushing, our rushing offense is going to probably struggle a little bit with this one, right? So they're okay. And our their passing defense isn't very good, and I think we can try to take some advantage of that kind of stuff, especially since we're not really known for that. And coming in, maybe or uh, Maryland just keys to that kind of stuff. But if you key to that kind of stuff and leave the runners to do what they will, they're going to light you up. Braylon <laughs> Allen and company will, oh, okay. Lucy. We'll 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 light we'll light you up if you're just key into the pass. And so I feel okay about this game. I don't like the fact that we had like essentially a bye week in the middle of our season and we didn't have a like guaranteed head coach for next year. I think that the Badgers should have made him the official head coach because I don't think that you're going to be moving away from him and it would have helped recruiting this week. And I can't imagine that they weren't out on the recruiting trail last week. Yeah. So I do, I did see, um, maybe we'll have to bring Keel on here sometime soon. Um, they were offering a three star quarterback out of Colorado 
And also Jim Leonard was somewhat vocal about wanting to be named the head coach. And I don't even get what the harm would be in naming him the head coach. Yeah, you could always just move on. Yeah, like you'd be like, oh, yeah, we named him the head coach instead of the interim head coach. And maybe you got to give a real contract or something like that. And then to like prove it. But like, I feel like you can dupe uh, 18 year olds by just saying I'm the head coach. Yeah. No, maybe you shouldn't be trying to dupe them. No, I, yeah, I don't think that's good business. And I think that's going to burn you in the long run. But anyways, I, I do think, you know, Wisconsin's kind of back on track. We got a little bit of like fire under our ass. Um, and I just can't – I don't believe that Maryland's good until that I see that they're good. Uh, we do have some common opponents. Uh, they lost to Purdue where we beat Purdue, but they beat Michigan State by a fair margin where we lost to Michigan State. So it's kind of like a crapshoot. Obviously, they have the better record than us but they are about to run into the buzzsaw of their schedule uh, with us just being the dull blade uh, in the front. So they got to go to Madison, to Penn State, then versus Ohio State, and they finish it up with the Rutgers. So I think they're going to be – I think – I think if my stat was right about them never having four wins in the Big Ten, I think – it's either going to be us that they get it against or Rutgers, but I don't really think it's going to be us. So they're going to need to, they play Rutgers at home. So maybe they'll get that fourth win at, or when Rutgers comes to college park. That's what, that's what Maryland is, right? College park. Uh, sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Genius there. But yeah, to win this game, I think I think we just gotta not take them lightly, which I don't yeah. think at with Jim Leonard as the head coach, like we can't take anybody lightly anymore. That Michigan not State game, year. yeah, that Michigan State game, I was even kind of like, ah. Uh, that shouldn't have happened. Like already right. we had a game that happened that shouldn't have happened. Yep. And there's no more. Like I do think if Jim Leonard loses to Maryland and then loses to Minnesota at the end of the season, I don't think he's a shoe-in. Uh, you're going to have to beat Maryland. I think you're going to have to beat Nebraska. And I think if you beat Minnesota, you're good to go. So I, I guess he's kind of got to he's got to save all at the end of the season. So that's kind of an out. But yeah, but you can lose to Minnesota if you go in and win your next three, and then you know shit the bet against Minnesota. You could, I think that's a way to stay as well. Yeah. No, and I think we're playing with house money this year, so. I'm not – well, I have drill this weekend, so I might miss a little bit of the game, but I am definitely going to be jockeying for a TV in drill. Oh, no, we get out – never mind. 
So I, I think I'll think uh, I'm definitely going to go back and watch it. But it, it's been fun watching this Badgers team play with nothing to lose, seeing what the future is going to bring. Um, like I said, we probably should bring Keel on, see how the recruiting trail is going to this point because I seen some big news came out. Riley, our old R dog, even sent us something in the banging on the drum. Uh, old group chat that we had, and Wisconsin football offers eleven players at Matterday High School. I probably should have read that article beforehand, but like actually it, offered them. I don't know. Like hey, you got the you got the same no, text I that did. I did. And I did the same thing you did and looked at the headline and nothing else. Yeah, the Wisconsin Badgers offered 11 players in the 2024 and 2025 recruiting class at okay, Matterday so High School class. in California on Tuesday evening. I kind of like that move. I probably should have read the article. What are the chances that they have, like, so they have 11 of the best kids in the country on their team? But that's not the point, though, is you got 11 guys that you're comfortable playing with. So say you take LeBron James is not that LeBron James is on this team. So this is probably a bad example. But say if you brought his high school basketball team with him to the NCAA, ah, LeBron James is too big of an outlier for that. They're, they're probably going to win the tournament just because LeBron James is there. But so would but any so other team that you but wouldn't it be better if Syracuse had gone and gotten LeBron James and then Carmelo Anthony and LeBron James were playing on the same team? Yeah, but that's not what Wisconsin can do. So I think I think I'm it's not an interesting that's what they can do. I think that like that's what you should be striving to do though, is to no. pull two or three or four elite level prospects, not guys that are, oh, you know, like you're good on and I get that this is probably one of the best teams in the country. Like this high school team is probably one of the best in the country. I have no doubt in my mind. Otherwise, 11 guys don't play college football, let alone play Division One college football, right? And so all 11 of those guys are probably playing Division One college football. It's my guess. If the bad is off at all. I think it's a zag, Mike. Like I think it's – like the way you're saying to do that, I think if you're Georgia, you can do that. I think if you're Alabama, you can do that. I think if you're Ohio State, you can do that. I think if you're Wisconsin, you got to look for a way to zag. And I think it's interesting after just reading a headline, not reading more than a paragraph of the story, that they're attempting to do something that – I've never really heard of before. I haven't heard of it either. Um, and I think it's, I think, honestly, I think it's a lazy move, right? Like, oh man, these guys look good. Like, <laughs> just offer them all and we'll be done and we can go home. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. And maybe like all these guys are going to be good and like their cohesion is a big piece of it, right? So that, you offered all five offensive linemen so that they could all stay together. And, that could be a good piece. I just I'm pretty sure we're not out in California looking for offensive linemen, Mike. But it could be. I mean, you take them wherever you co- they come from. And every offensive lineman in the country should be at the very least saying, maybe I should go to Wisconsin. Right? Like 
they're pretty good. Maybe I should go there. They figure out how to put offensive linemen in the pros fairly consistently. And linebackers should be in the same boat. Right? Pac-12 sucks. So, I mean, I I kind of like me, but I kind of think like our scouts all over the country just been like depressed getting hammered this year. And like our one healthy scout uh, out in California was like, I see 11 guys. And like all the you guys don't do nothing. <laughs> don't worry, you guys. You guys can just kick back, have another brewski, and let's uh I'll just offer all 11 of these guys. We'll be done for the year. I all seen right. this, I seen this team win a game 64 to nothing. We're right. <laughs> we're gonna be rolling. Yeah. All right, that's all I got for the Badgers. Um all right, we're gonna jump into running with the pack. Um Packers preview and brought to you by runner's world. Make sure you're running with the pack. Yeah. I think we could do like a brought to you by the sun drop 10 K shit, your pants. Oh, shit. Your pants make up run. We're still working on the sponsors guys. So. Yeah, this one's brought to you by Runner's World because <laughs> it has runners in the name. Yeah, yeah. We, we're pretty uh, clever. So, yep, so I'm just going to run through some quick keys to victory in uh, my mind. Uh, so you got to run the ball and stop the run. So Detroit's pretty good on the run, uh, pretty good at running. Um, we need to stay on the field offensively, which running the ball will assist with. And then we need to win defensively on – third down because if we if we can like get off the field on third down then we're going to be pretty pretty good right so that's what we've been struggling to get around to at the uh, when we've been facing teams is like third and long whatever we just can't get off the off the field. So we need to win defensively on third down. And then, uh, so I said, stop the run. Our run defense needs to sure up a little bit, right? So our edges are really, really struggling to contain the ball. Um, if we do that, that's going to put some pressure on golf. And if we're aggressive towards golf, and we make him beat us, I think we win this game for sure. If Jamal Williams, former Packer, and DeAndre Swift get 40 touches in this game, this game's going to be a lot closer than we would like it to be. Um, and then I'm going to run through some numbers here quick on kind of like where the offense is in like totals numbers, right? So Total defense of yards per games. Green Bay is eighth and Detroit is 32nd, which means we should be able to go out and move the ball on them. We should be able to do something. Uh, defensive passing yards per game. Green Bay is second. Detroit is 27th. So we need to make um, Detroit have to pass against us. And then we should be able to pass the ball, especially if we have our run game going. Run game is very important. Get that going, and we should be able to pass the ball all around on Green or Detroit's defense. They are 
pretty bad. Um, defensive rush yards per game, uh, Green Bay is 29th, Detroit is 30th. So we both give up a boatload of yards on the ground. Um, and our, our run defense just has to be better. That's the way it has to go. We cannot let these two uh, running backs run all over us. Right, and then points per game, Green Bay 16th, Detroit's 32nd. So they're 32nd in the league. We need to put up at least probably a 30 spot. I think that at 30, 35 points, we should be shooting to like just make our offense feel good before we're going into the next stretch of games we got we got coming up. Uh, so offensively, Detroit's fourth in yards per game, seventh in passing yards per game, tenth in rushing yards per game ninth in points per game. So I think um, them kind of trailing in a lot of games puts their um, total yards and their passing yards uh, higher, right? So that pushes them up a little bit. Uh, they are ninth in points per game. I think that also is due to trailing, right? So they get a lot of points late because they're trailing in games. Their rushing yards, I think that's a real stat. That's a that's the That's the point of emphasis on their team. And I do think that they're very, very good with the rushing game. I think their running game is like a high-end running game. Uh, as far as the Packers go, we're 17th in total yards, uh, 22nd in pass yards, 14th in rush yards per game, and 26th in points per game. So I'm pretty okay with the total yards and the rush yards. Um the pass yards need to be bumped up, and we need to finish drives. Pat talked about that at the end of the Buffalo game, that finishing drives is going to be majorly important in order to win this game. You got, Like I said, you got to put up a 30 spot. You got to run into like really pushing your offense to score and make it look easy. Yeah. No, and I mean, that could be like the obvious statement of the year is like, you, you need to finish drives. But I, I didn't realize, I think we must have dropped in total yards per game. Because uh, I want to say like we were up there in, in the top 10 and then down in points per game, we were, we were just dog shit, like down to 25th uh, per game. But well, yeah. the team has a good, like a couple teams have a good game. I mean, we're still only eight eight games into the season. If somebody has like a 400-yard game, that could just adjust it enough too, right? Yeah, yeah. And I guess what I would say about this game is this would be the game. If we lose this game, I am hitting the panic button. I mean, I know yeah. we are going to Detroit. I know Detroit's going to – like they're not going to take us lightly. Like Detroit – there's no one in the NFC North that's going to take the Packers lightly. But as long as we can keep trying to like innovate that playbook and realize, hey, even when we are playing an opponent that seems like they're going to be subpar, like we can't take our foot off the gas. Like we can't just let Aaron Rodgers do this. And I think when LaFleur first came in, he was very good about noticing like, Hey, if I make a good plan for Rogers, Rogers can execute this 
like to precision. And now it, it seems like we lean on them a little bit too much. And it's even, it's not even just the floor. It's like the whole organization. Like we've noticed it. I know you're pretty, I wouldn't say defensive, but I'm going to say defensive of like the Packers not going out there and get a move and I, or going out, making a move, getting a receiver or, or something. And I won't lie. Like this year, I'm kind of like disappointed about it is Claypool was for, you know, a second round pick. Like I think the Packers could have parted with a second round pick. I'm not saying Claypool is going to come in and make you a Super Bowl contender, but it's just weird that the Bears like are trying to get fields away. <laughs> there it is. That's uh the barking I promised you guys. But yeah, the Bears are out there getting fields weapons, and we're still not getting Rogers weapons where I kind of hijack that for for that. But yeah, so I I do think we're okay. I think that this is the point in the season where you see your rookie wide receivers turn, right? That they almost become not rookies at this point. Um, this is the point that we can expect them to start having really good games. I don't think that you ever see rookie wide receivers in the NFL really have, I mean, outside of your severe outliers, your Randy Mosses, your Jamar Chases, your Justin Jeffersons, outside of the first, like, or inside the first seven, eight weeks, I think it's really hard for a receiver who is just coming in the league to break out. Very, very difficult. So I think we're going to see our rookie wide receivers kind of turn a corner and change what they are a little bit, become pros, right? Where right now you call them rookies because it's their first year, and I think they turn into pros moving forward here. Um, I think the one thing that I did miss in our like keys to the keys to the game is that the defense needs to play with a little bit of passion and the offense needs to play with a little bit of passion. You can't just show up. That's not what you can do this year, right? Our offense isn't good enough to just show up. Our defense is good enough to just show up if our offense was good enough to put up 27 points a game. If we could put up 27 points a game, I think our defense could just do what they've done, what they did for the first seven games. You have to play the way you played against Buffalo. You have to figure out how to play with something, you know, with some gusto. 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 Some gusto. Get it right. No, but I mean, if you look at the numbers like that you were rattling off, so – Packers score 18 points per game, which is not getting the job done in our 23 and a half point metrics in our offense or wait, no, our offense scores 18 points a game. Our defense gives up 22 points a game. So like in our metric, it's been the offense's fault. And I mean, in all honesty, it seems like it's been the offense's fault because I mean, we only give up, 27 to Buffalo. I mean, I say only, but I think if you looked at Buffalo's schedule, maybe if I peek at this real quick, they're not getting held to 27 very often. They've scored 31, 41, 
the Dolphins beat them and held them to 21. Ravens held them to 23, but 38, 24, 27. So, I mean, they're putting up points. And our our defense has been good this year. It's just the offense needs to start clicking. And I think you talked me into it. I was going to say that until my dogs uh, threw me off right there was you kind of talked me into the receiver thing because we were starting to see it. We, we were starting to see it like uh Toure yeah. caught that bomb and it looked like him and Rogers had a moment. And I think I seen on Twitter, like Watson was running through drills and he looks yep. like he's going to be good uh, for the game. Um, I don't know about my boy, Amari Rogers. I, I, I think that he, that he looked okay on the catches that he did have. I think it was either one or two against Buffalo, and he looked okay. I thought he was fine, right? He probably is just not getting the opportunities either, right? If you are if you let uh, Torrey jump him, right, that, like, then he's just not going to get on the field enough to see enough touches to really make a difference. But I think the touches he did get, he looked okay. Got it. So do you got anything else to throw on? Nope. I, so, like I said, if I think if this team starts to play with a little gusto, no, not gusto, 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 right? I like um, gusto better. All right. If they play with a little, little something, little fire in their belly, then we'll be all right. Yeah. No, I, I think this, like I said, it, this is the game I would hit that panic button. If, if the Packers lose this one, we're in trouble. I, thing so i think they're aware of that and i'll give my prediction so we'll we'll lead into the nfl week eight picks um but i'll i'll lead it off i think the packers are gonna win this one and i think they are gonna win this one 49 and a half. I think we're going to win 30 to 24. We're going to crush, crush the over in this one. So I'm going with the over and I'm going with the Packers 30 to 24. Going with the over and I'm going with the Packers as well. 30 to 20. I like it. So yeah, you nailed it right on the dot with the, the over under. All right, so from there, we will get into our picks that if you guys have been paying attention, you probably more likely want to fade. So I don't know why this is the only segment I ever feel the need to um, explain. But anyways, we do bing, we bet bing bongs, 100 bing bongs per game. If we lose, we lose 110, so 10% juice there. Loser at the end of the season after the Super Bowl has to sign up for a 10K. Before they run the 10K, they have to shotgun a sun drop and then run the 10K. After the 10K, got a hams, an icy cold hams. This this segment's brought to you by hams. Uh, you pour the hams into your shoe, chug a shoey, and then you smoke three cigarettes 
and all the while wearing a shirt that the other guy picked for you. But first game on the docket, we had the Eagles minus 14 at the Texans. Mike, do you know how we're doing in that game? 27-17, I'm covering. You are not. Eagles just scored. Okay. I'm still confident I'm going to cover in that game. 29 to 17. So I am. Jesus Christ, Houston is. (laughs) They they must have literally just gave it up. I looked right before we started the segment. So I knew. And like, so they just got a safety. Like, just now got a safety. Yes. You're sitting in good shape. And I am going to be in good shape. Usually I have that one on in the background. Uh, next game, we already covered. We have the Packers at the Lions. We both went with the Packers on this one, but we will just move right into the next game. So Chargers are minus three at the Falcons. What do you got, Mike? So I'm taking the Falcons with my double dog because I hate the Chargers head coach, uh, Brandon Staley. And that's basically the reason. And it's a noon game at home for the Falcons. <laughs> So I'm going to go with the Falcons because the Falcons have been covering machines this year. And I, I'm not bold enough to give it a double dog because I still kind of am holding out faith in the chargers um, for, I don't even know what reason. Um, Cause, cause you I, think your, their guys are just better than those other guys. Yeah, no, I do have the Staley's mentality there. Um, but I'm going to go with the Falcons as well. Uh, next game we have is the Dolphins minus five at the Bears. And I'm going to pick the Dolphins because I think the Dolphins are a really good team. Uh, like Mike covered, they upgraded their team even. Uh, Tyreek Hill is just a monster, gets open. I think he might be the best receiver in the NFL right now if he wasn't before i kind of thought like patrick mahomes like made him a little bit but i think if you look at so Devonte adams goes from rogers to Carr, and hill goes from uh mahomes to tua and hill didn't miss beat but our yeah, boy, I mean, Adams, I don't know. Adams is having a pretty good year. He yeah. Just he's not doing what Tyreek's doing, though. Well, he's got way more touchdowns than Tyreek. I think Tyreek's only got one. Really? Yeah. I was looking today for some reason. I think it was it was low. I was surprised how low it was. Okay. Anyways, I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are a good team. I think the Bears are dog shit, but that's, that's bias opinion. So I wouldn't take any of mine. Uh, NFC North picks. But. Yeah, so uh, I'm gonna warn everybody, I'm gonna warn everybody kind of early. We did not look at each other's picks, and we are essentially riding everybody the same, right? So with, these are very very similar picks all the way through. I'm taking the Dolphins as well, mostly because I think they're good, and I think the Bears are bad. All right, next. And I game. think that point that line should be way bigger. I, I kind of thought so as well, but that might be that might be a sign why I'm stupid. But I also did like I was like I'm not going to let the line get in my head this week. So next game we have is the Panthers at the Bengals, and what do you got, Mike? The Jamar the Bengals, Chaseless Bengals. 
I'm still going to take the Bengals here because I think the Panthers are a dumpster fire, and I think the Bengals almost have to get right here if they want a chance at the season. Yeah. You'd think I would ride uh, the Panthers just because PJ, but no. I, I think the Bengals are a decent team. I think they're a definitely different team without Jamar Chase, but I think they're good enough to beat the Panthers by 10 points in this one. So next game, we have the Colts at the Patriots and the Patriots are minus five and a half. I'm going to go with the Colts. I think the Colts is, is Taylor like what, what's going on with Taylor now? So like, they, they they make it sound like the offensive line is just porous. They're not good. They did um, fire the offensive coordinator over there at in uh, Indy this week, and we know how firings go. That's why I'm taking the Colts too. All right, we're both going Colts there. So next team we have is Bills minus twelve and a half at the Jets. And what do you got, Mike? So I got the Jets here. I think that the Jets are good enough to cover this game. Their defense is good, and they got a good – their offense is okay. I guess without Brees Hall, it could be a lot worse now that I'm thinking about it. But I'm still rolling with the Jets. So I'm going to go with the Bills on this one, and I think the Bills kind of got a reality check when they played the Packers. The Packers came into town. I mean, they handled us just fine. Like, there was never a doubt that the Bills were going to – really lose that game but i think they seen seen a team like the packers throw a couple wrinkles at us and they're like ah maybe our shit stinks at least a little bit so i think they're gonna buckle down and just whoop the shit out of the bills or i mean out of the jets and and i just looked at their schedule and they have i mean they were flying high early in the season and they've kind of toned it down next game we have is the vikings minus three and a half at the commanders and i'm gonna go with the vikings on this one i think this is my first time of the year taking the vikings but i think the nfc north is gonna be hard to win and the Vikings went out, added Hawkinson. I don't know. They're a good team. I yep. I can't argue with it. Um, so I'm rolling with the same thing. I think that they're better than the Commanders. I don't think the Commanders can deal with them, deal with the Vikings offense, right? So you might be able to put up some points on the Vikings, but I think the Vikings offense is going to be pretty stout and – if the Packers would have done anything against the Commanders offensively, we would have won that game pretty easily, I think. And so I think the Vikings will be able to do something against them. Yeah. Next game, Raiders minus one and a half versus my local Jaguars team. And who do you got, Mike? So I'm going to take the Raiders. I think that getting kicked in the teeth like that last week is going to be kind of a wake-up call. And they're going to come out and kind of dominate this game. I think the Jaguars are going to settle in at home. They've been a decent home team this year. If, if my memories serve me right, 
I just know they whooped the Colts at home, and I think they won another game at home early in the year. And I kind of think I needed to get off the Raiders, and I think the Raiders are a dog shit team. I think uh, I think Carr is a dog shit quarterback. Carr fucking stinks. Yep. See, we even got more people chiming in about how bad Carr is. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my reasoning. I have no more faith in the Raiders. I'm jumping off the Raiders ship hard. That's fair. All right, next game we have is the Seahawks at the Cardinals, and the Cardinals are minus two. I picked the Cardinals because I, I like the Cardinals, and I kind of think this one seemed trappy because I think people are hopping on the Seahawks a little too hard. I think the Seahawks are a good team. I think the Cardinals are a good team, and I think the line should have been minus three at least for the Cardinals. And I think the Cardinals win this game by three points, 27 to 24. I'll give you a prediction in that one. Yeah, so I'm going to take the Cardinals here too. Um, I, I, I think for me it's a piece that I just can't get on the Seahawks yet. I, I expect them to fail still. And I could I more than likely will be wrong about that moving forward in the season. <laughs> but I do think – Smoking some doobies over there. Yep. Um, I do think that the Seahawks are better than I expected them to be at the beginning of the season, but I also think the Cardinals are going to be good. So, All right. Next game we have is Rams at the Buccaneers. And what do you got, Mike? Uh, I'm taking the Bucs. I think growing, going across the country and then the Buccaneers have to find something that's right. And I guess so do the Rams, but the Buccaneers being at home, I'm expecting it to be the Bucs. Yeah, no, I still think the Buccaneers are going to win the South down there. And I think the Rams stink. I really don't think the Rams are good. I heard someone say it pretty well that they went in all in last year and it hurt them this year for some reason. And I'm just going to grasp to that. I didn't. I uh, love it. I didn't uh, conceptualize it, but I was like, I think that might be it. But like I said to probably every week is I think the Rams were the worst team that I remember ever winning a Super Bowl. Yep. So, well, and I, I said pretty early in the season that I thought the Rams lost by winning, lost their edge. You did by say winning that, yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. And so, and it kind of looks like it, right. But I could have been wrong too. So Yeah. We'll have to go back and look at our division winners. One of these weeks. Cause I think I did choose the Rams to win it, but like just watching the Rams games, I'm just like, this, this team isn't good. And yeah, I think I picked like, Oh man, I'm probably going to be lighting a firework out of my ass before the end of the year too. All right. <laughs> this year's going all Mike. Uh, yeah, next game we have is Jesus. Titans at the chiefs and the chiefs are minus 12 and a half. I'm going with the Chiefs just, just because I got faith in the Chiefs. But I'm going to let Mike talk why he's going the other way. Mike. I'm going with the Titans mostly because I think that they can control the clock in this game, not because that they can win this game. I don't see that as like a real possibility. But I do think that Derrick Henry and the Chiefs will 
control the clock enough, and Henry will score enough because he's just a he's a beast. He's he's the best running back in the league pretty easily. It's not even I don't even know if it's close. Yeah, like when you no. to, maybe Nick Chubb, maybe Nick Chubb's right there, but like just like a pure like smash him in the mouth running back like Derrick Henry is elite. Yeah, and I guess I will say. I wanted to let you go first in that one because I, I do think that's a good point. Like, I think if the Titans come out and they run the ball well, it's going to be a close game. But if the Chiefs jump on them early, I don't think the Titans have anything to – I mean, unless Malik Willis is uh, is <laughs> something that, you know, in his second start, it's a, yeah. it's a tough start for a rookie quarterback in his second yep. game, and it's at Arrowhead. Uh, yeah, never mind. I take it back, Mike. The Chiefs are just going to fucking blow the Titans out of the water. All right, last game we have of the night. Ravens minus two and a half at the Saints. And who do you got, Mike? So I'm, I'm going to take the Ravens. The Saints look like they're – I guess they against the Raiders they must have looked pretty dang good. I don't they know. Beat they beat twenty-four to nothing. Yeah, they look ho hum the rest of the season though, like a team that can't find their identity. And so, and I think the Ravens are really good is a big piece of it. Yeah, and that's why I'm going with the Ravens. I think the Ravens are really good. I think the Saints are damn solid, and their defense keeps them in every single game, but. There's just something to like the Ravens. I, I don't even know what the, like their third down, fourth down conversion rating is. But when you got a quarterback like Lamar Jackson that just keeps drives alive, uh, it, it's just tough on defense. And I think the Ravens are one of those teams that's going to wear down defenses and be a true contender at the end of the season uh, if, if the Bills and Chiefs weren't there. But I, I think it's more – the Bills, in my opinion, the Bills are tier one. I think the Chiefs are just behind them. And then I think it's the Ravens just behind the Chiefs. So that's that's my opinion of the AFC right now. So yeah, I I don't think the Ravens are in the same realm as the Chiefs and the Bills, but I think they're good. And I just don't see that the Saints are, like, great. And I think we covered every game this week. You didn't have Mike uh, skip, no, I skimping on I games. For... I didn't run it, so we, we're okay, I think. All right. Well, that will wrap up Episode 16 of Season 2 of Banging on the Drum. As always, thank you for listening. We love you guys. We appreciate it. All the support. Uh, special shout out to Craig. Craig, you you're our guy. You're keeping us going. Uh, good shit, Craig. Love you, buddy. Yeah, appreciate it, Craig. Thank you very much. And uh, so I'll just get into subscribe, download it wherever. Um, pull your phones out of your drawers, right? So the not yeah. So that sounded kind of weird. Now. <laughs> Like thinking about it, but uh, the yeah. phone that you dumped in the in your uh, like kitchen drawer, your catch-all drawer, 
uh, pull that one out and uh, download it on there too and listen to it on there. Give us a few extra listens. And uh, for all you suckers that are doubting the Brewers, the Badgers, the Bucks, or the Packers, you can eat our shorts. Roll it. Come on! All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. Eat my shorts.